if you can get on a roll with opting in and registering for the promotions, especially with Marriott, I was earning over 100,000 Marriott Bonvoy points at the La Meridian in Cal Lock. I was sitting at the La Meridian in Cal Lock, Thailand for four months, and I was paying 48 bucks a night cash. That's public rate, wasn't a travel agent rate. They were running two promotions at the same time, so I registered for both of them. And so I was earning over 100,000 points a month for multiple months. So that was the first time in my life I had a half a million Marriott Bonvoy points from a $48 a night hotel. Like it was insane. Hey there points people. You just heard a clip from Ashley McCurdy from In Search of Traveler. Once upon a time, Ashley got rid of her expensive apartment to travel the world. And now she lives in hotels full time while vlogging about her experiences on social media. She's a bougie on a budget traveler that geeks out on finding $50 per night hotel rooms around the world. Ashley has been living, eating, and exploring the globe on $500 a week since 2020 and doesn't plan on stopping anytime soon. She's on a mission to show all travelers that you don't need a lot of money to be able to see the world in style and live a life of luxury that you don't need a vacation from. In this episode, Ashley and I discuss her approach to living full-time in Marriott hotels. We discuss how points and miles and status at Marriott are making her full-time travel journey affordable. She also shares advice for others who want to build a travel lifestyle. Ashley and I also discuss different strategies for Marriott Bonvoy. If you're looking to stay at more Marriott hotels, consider the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless card especially if the sign-up bonus is giving out free night certificates instead of points. Remember, if you decide to apply for the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless card or any other card, never apply directly through Google. Always use a friend or creator's referral link. And if you're interested in supporting this show when you apply for your next card, check out geobreezetravel.com cards. And if you're not sure what card is right for you, I offer free credit card consultations at geobreezetravel.com consultations. And we have links to the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless card and the free consultation form for you in the show notes as well. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast, a show for anyone wanting to level up their travel hacking lifestyle. I'm your host, Julia Menez. I'm a travel hacker, coach, speaker, Filipina-American ENTJ who loves solid travel gear and using shortcuts on spreadsheets. On this show, I'm on a mission to bring you travel hackers from all walks of life to help you level up your travel hacking game. We dive into credit cards, miles, points, strategy, mindset, and the secrets behind how to travel the world for next to no cost. So let's get hacking. Hey, Ashley, welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. It has been a long time coming for this particular episode. I think you were one of the first people I invited onto the podcast. So I'm excited to finally get to talk with you about your lifestyle because you live at Marriott. Is that correct? Yeah. So I live in hotels full time, predominantly Marriott's. And a lot of people ask me why Marriott, why not Hyatt Hilton, whoever. And it really is because of my dad's lifetime platinum with Marriott. I always looked up to him as a frequent corporate traveler. And so that was just what I was familiar with. And it worked for my lifestyle back when I worked in corporate and now as a digital nomad, it just makes sense. And I want to dive deeper into kind of some of that math and how I make it affordable and make it make sense budget wise. But yeah, it really all started with my dad and trying to be like him. When did this living in hotels full-time start? What even got you to that point where you're like, you know what, I'm going to live in hotels full-time on my own because you're a solo traveler. How did you decide this was the life for you? 
Yes, I am not a spontaneous person. I'm a Capricorn. And so <laughs> a lot of people, when they decide to say to be a digital nomad, they like plan it out. They save up a long time. That's not my story at all. I actually lost my job and I actually was planning on moving up to the Bay Area. I was interviewing at Google and Facebook. I really wanted to go work in tech. And that was the plan. And I was, I think my third interview with Google the day that Google was sent home. And I still remember speaking with the hiring manager and her kids like running in and she's, I don't know about this COVID thing. They sent us home today. And I don't know about this role. And shortly after that, they were like, we're putting this position on pause. And so it got to a point that I was like, I don't know if I can re-sign my lease and be confident I'm not gonna run out of money. And so I had about six months that I could live on. And because it was the middle of the pandemic, I started July 20th of 2020, I figured if I can't work, instead of sitting on my couch and watching Netflix, let me try and live in hotels and document it on YouTube. And six months from now, if I run out of money, I can get another job, COVID will be over in six months. That's what I was thinking. And maybe I can build something. Maybe I can become a big YouTuber. So I, in my mind thought, I'm going to move into hotels. I'm going to find deals. I'm going to document it. And people are curious what hotels look like during COVID. And this is going to be my new career. I'm going to become a YouTuber. And I have a YouTube channel, but anybody who knows me knows that did not work out how I planned. <laughs> YouTube's a lot harder than it looks. <laughs> YouTube is a lot harder than it looks. I echo that. So where did you start when the world shut down and you were like, okay, I'm going to live in hotels. What hotels were even open for you to be like, let's look for deals here? Yeah. So the plan was to start in Southeast Asia, but unfortunately a lot of countries had closed the borders. And so my lease was up July 20th, which is that's how I picked the date. I decided not to resign my lease. And I had actually lost 60 pounds during the pandemic. I started taking like this random supplement in February and by June I was down 50 and then I lost another 10 like my first year. But anyways, I just lost a bunch of weight. I, I was 200 pounds February of 2020. They were having a convention in Orlando, Florida for this supplement that I had just started taking. And I was like, I just lost all this weight. I want to go to the convention, which sounds so crazy, because if you remember what was happening in Florida in 2020, like my mom was crying hysterically, like, you're going to be on a ventilator, you're going to die. And I was like, I just feel called to do this. So I booked a one-way flight to Orlando, and that was the beginning of it. I really didn't have a plan. I just knew the first three, I think I had the first three weeks booked through Florida, and I didn't really know what I was going to do after that. What did you do after that? And how did you figure it out? How do you figure out where I'm going to go next? Because like you mentioned, you're a little bit more spontaneous where some people are like, well, I'm not just going to move to a random country, especially once you start doing this internationally. How do you decide where you're going to move next? I picked Orlando because of the conference, but the conference wasn't until the beginning of August. So I went to Orlando and I went for four days originally to Orlando because I had just become a travel agent and I could book like the fam rates at Marriott for four days at a hotel and that's the most you can book at a time. So I said, okay, I'll do four days in Orlando and do Disney because Disney was reopening. It was like the first week Disney was reopening during COVID. So I went to Disney that first week and then I went down to Fort Lauderdale because that's just where I found a deal at Marriott and I stayed at a Marriott on the beach and then I went down to 
Miami downtown in Brickwell. Then I went to Coral Gables. And then by then it was time for the conference to start. So I went back to Orlando for the conference. And during all of this, so this was a couple of weeks and my sister called me and she said, I'm going to be in Atlanta if you want to come up to Atlanta. So I actually met my sister in Atlanta and I was there for a week. And at that point, because I stayed at two different hotels in that week in Atlanta, I was like, every four days, it's like you get to a hotel, you unpack your stuff, you do one thing, and then it's time to pack up again. And I was trying to film everything, and I was trying to edit everything and learn how to just live out of a suitcase. I was exhausted after two and a half weeks. And so I said, I just want to go and sit on a beach. And I saw that there was a Four Points by Sheraton in Cancun that had an infinity pool. And it was like 50 bucks a night. And I was like, I think I'm going to go to Cancun. And that was like the moment that I realized I can stay longer than four days. I don't have to move fast. Time is not a constraint. And I think that was the hardest thing to wrap my head around that I have an infinite amount of time. And so I had planned to go to Cancun for two weeks, but I was going to do one week in Cancun, one week in Playa. And I ended up loving Cancun so much. And I met all these other digital nomads. I stayed in Cancun for six weeks. And that was the beginning of learning how to make a hotel room feel like home and get that feeling of comfort. And that's where I started to get my footing. And from there, I also felt comfortable going international. So that's where kind of Pandora's box opened up because I also at this time had lost my status with Delta because I lost my job and it was something that was communicated. So my, I used to travel a lot for work and my travel was shortened at the end of 2019 because I lost my job at the end of the year. And so I didn't hit, I didn't hit the spin that I needed. So anyways, I did reclaim my status with Delta and I needed like 7,000 more miles. And, or MQMs. and I said, I need to go someplace far away. And Nas from Nas Daily had just made a video about how safe Dubai was during COVID. So I said, I love Dubai. Why don't I go to Dubai? And I booked a flight to Dubai. And that is where the magic happened. And I learned when things go wrong, it's stressful maybe for you as a traveler, but it's great for content. And I actually had some issues with my COVID test and I ended up stranded in the Amsterdam airport on my layover for four days because I was denied boarding on my flight, but at the time Americans could not enter the Netherlands. So I was like the terminal, I was stuck in the airport. What was the money situation with all of this? Because you mentioned you were out of a job, you had like six months before you were just basically broke. YouTube is not making any money at this point. What is the monetary situation for how you can afford food and discounted hotel rooms? Yeah. So the plan was budget-wise, don't spend money. Like that was like the plan. Anything that I could do not to, to spend money, I did. And having status really meant a lot. I did have some status with Marriott, which meant my breakfast was free. During the pandemic, everything was room service. So the breakfast was very generous. They would bring a whole cart to your room and there would be multiple plates because typically at Marriott, it's a buffet. So you could order all these different things. So breakfast was like a three hour event and it was like in my room so I could graze through the day. Most Marriott's also do a food and beverage credit. 
which a lot of times covered my dinner. And I'll be honest, I ate a lot of cup of noodle the first six months of being a digital nomad, like no shame in the game. And I actually get emotional when I go to certain locations again, like Dubai being one of those locations, because I remember being there and being so broke and not being able to spend anything. So if I can go to a nice restaurant at every time, I like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so thankful for <laughs> everything. But everybody has to start somewhere. And I think so many times on social media, everything's glamorized, but it's not so easy at the beginning. I didn't have anything. It was like real tight. It was difficult because I knew when the money ran out, I would have to go move in with my parents essentially. You're not doing this on points. This is all just cash deals with Marriott and other hotels. How are you finding deals that are low enough to where you're like, it is cheaper to do this than pay for rent and groceries back in the U.S.? Where are you finding these deals? I did use some points at the beginning. I did have a little bit of points saved up from corporate stuff at work, but not a lot. And I was looking for Marriott's at that $50 a night range. Now, the nice thing in 2020 was it was a lot easier to find a $50 a night Marriott. But I think the biggest thing for me was flexibility. I'm willing to go anywhere in the world at any time. And there's always going to be a deal somewhere. And I just leaned into that. Okay, there's a $50 a night Marriott in Cancun. Let me get on TripAdvisor and check it out and make sure it's not sketchy, right? But, but a lot of these hotels, they just were empty. And I think where people get caught up or mixed up when they're looking for a cheap flight or cheap hotel is, well, what's the best data book or what's the best site? I think what's more important is understanding what things cost. And when you find a deal, you find a deal. And pricing is usually occupancy. So if nobody's traveling and things are empty, things are gonna be cheaper, they just are. As we went into 2021, people started traveling, but they were traveling within the Americas, right? So domestic travel in the US, very expensive. But going to a place like Thailand, which is already super affordable, was really affordable because on Christmas day in 2021, I was at the pool all by myself on Christmas. Like you would think it would be so busy. There was nobody at the hotel. It was two for one spa services. They wanted the business. So I think being open to going wherever, and I ended up in some really epic places because I was open to go anywhere, whatever. How did you afford the plane ticket? Because sometimes it can be hard to line up a flight deal with a hotel deal where you're like, oh, Thailand's super cheap for hotels right now. Flights to Thailand might not be that cheap. How do you balance that? A lot of flights were booked on planes at the beginning. So that's how I ended up, for instance, in Mexico City or Costa Rica, too, is a similar story where I just found cheap flight redemptions. And then I was like, can I find a cheap hotel? So Costa Rica, I went because there was a Delta flight from LA for 9,500 Delta Sky Miles from LA to San Jose. And I was like, guess I'm going to Costa Rica now. Costa Rica is very expensive when it comes to hotels. So even with it being in the pandemic, it was very difficult. And I ended up doing a collaboration with Selena because of that. That pushed me into trying to start work with brands to get free accommodations, which at that moment I realized I didn't want to do as much of that because it didn't feel as authentic that I was staying at a place, not because I wanted to stay there, but because I could get it for free and I needed the money type deal. 
So that was an eye opener. But yeah, I went to Costa Rica because of that. I went to Mexico City because it was, I think, 12,500 Aero Mexico miles to go. And then I got a free upgrade to first class. Mexico City was never on my list of places I wanted to go. I had heard they had a good food scene. It wasn't on my radar at all. So I said, oh, I'll go for a month. I found a Marriott there for 30 bucks a night, whatever. I love Mexico City so much. It's one of my favorite cities in the world now. I ended up staying four and a half months. So you never know. So at this point in the timeline, those six months of emergency savings, they're gone. You've done maybe a couple of collaborations with hotels at this point, but there's no more money. So at this point in the story, what is the money situation again? I had six months of savings. I got my spending down really low. So I was able to stretch that a little bit longer than six months. I was able to make a little bit of money and by a little bit, I was, I started selling the supplements. So I was making maybe like $500 here, a couple hundred bucks there with the, I had become a travel agent. I was booking a few things, but nobody was really traveling. So the money was trickling a little bit slower, but it was tight. And at the end of 2020, when I went to Mexico city, and that's part of the reason I went, I said, okay, if I move in with my parents, they were going to charge me rent. And so I started doing the math on what would it cost to live with my parents versus staying on the road. And my flight was free to Mexico city. The Marriott was 30 bucks a night. I was like, well, if I eat breakfast at the hotel and that uh, $10 a day food and beverage credit at that particular property covered most items on the menu for dinner. So I really was only spending like 30, 40 bucks a day max in Mexico city. So. I decided to go, but it was scary because I knew I really was like at the end of the money train, but something magical happened. I, so I'm very spiritual and I'm into the tarot and the psychics and all that kind of stuff. And so I really tapped into those areas and it was like, no, continue on. And I had to trust when you get that feeling in your gut, like this is, I'm meant to do this. It didn't make sense mathematically looking back on it. It's crazy. But I took the risk and the most magical thing happened January of 2021. I joined an app called Clubhouse and my life was forever changed. Tell us about Clubhouse and just like how that changed. Because I know that during the pandemic, a lot of people felt that way about whether it was Clubhouse or TikTok. Hopefully nobody felt that way about Threads because Threads came and died in yeah. the span of a week. But Clubhouse had its moment and it's still around. So tell us about Clubhouse and how that kind of changed your life. Everything goes back to Clubhouse. I was struggling. I was trying to get monetized on YouTube. So when I got stuck in the Amsterdam airport, that was my first quote unquote viral video. And like viral, I guess it could be like semi-viral or whatever, because it was like 8,000 views on the first day, which was like, oh my God. But that was my first push. But there was nothing going on. I wasn't making money from that. I wasn't making, I had 400 Instagram followers. It was crazy. And I joined Clubhouse. And I had, I had heard about this app, heard about this app. And I literally posted on Facebook, does anybody have a clubhouse invite? And one of my Facebook friends was like, I have one for you. So I joined it. I still remember not knowing how to work it. I'm going to this room, Paris Hilton's on the stage. I'm like, what is happening? I found the travel community. And I remember being so excited. Oh my God, they're talking about travel. And a lot of really big content creators were on clubhouse back in January of 2021. And they were all saying, 
it's been a pandemic. We're getting back on the road. We're getting ready to start traveling again. We're going to tell you what the hotels are like. We're going to tell you what the, what it's like to fly. And I was like, I've been traveling for six months. I can tell you, let me on stage. And nobody took me seriously. And this one guy, what is his name? I think it's like Phil from Milwaukee. I can't remember his username, but he sent me a message and he said, don't let those people get you down. He's, you are doing something really awesome. He's, you don't need them. You do your own thing on Clubhouse. And it like really made me feel empowered. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to run my own Clubhouse rooms. And right around that same time, Haley Woods from Girls Love Travel said, who wants to run a room in Girls Love Travel? And I said, I do. I And she's like, what do you want to run? I said, what about travel hacking for beginners? And she's like, when do you want to run it? And I was like, I put my YouTube videos out on Friday. So Saturday is unfree. Why don't I do it Saturday morning? And then I'll have the rest of the day. And that moment and that decision is how Marathon Saturday was born. And now we have multiple rooms on multiple topics. We go all day long. And that's probably 80 to 90% of my income is generated from leads from those rooms that we've been running now for almost three years. Are you doing like private one-on-one coaching or like what is that lead funnel leading into? I had started building a course like before I even went on the road because I thought other YouTubers had a course. So I said, oh, I'm going to start a travel course, but it was slow to come out. And so I was like, I have this course and it's only, I think it was like $5 when it was on pre-sale. <laughs> and nobody took me seriously. Nobody really bought it. So we just talked about travel. And then the course launched, it launched in September, but I was like, okay, it's almost ready. And I started talking about more like what was in it. And so then a bunch of people bought it that summer. So it was like, I think in July, I was in Costa Rica and I was applying for jobs because I was like, I'm out of money. (laughs) I got to get a job. And there was like a day and I was in the co-working spot at the Selena in Costa Rica. I'll never forget it. Puerto Viejo, Costa Rica, a little beach town. And I sold a thousand dollars worth of courses. And I was like, holy crap, where did all this traffic come from? And it was all generated from Clubhouse. I just got really excited one day and it was all in the pre-sale. And then the course launched in September. I did $8,000 of course sales in September. And that was like the train was going. And so that kind of started it all and it was crazy. So this was 2021 fall. So yeah, I made a ton of money. And then I did my first $2,000 day in November. There's a guy called FICO Father. He came into my room and I was talking about like American Express. And then he started saying stuff. I didn't know this guy. We're going back and forth. And then he, it was the most magical moment though. He says, Ashley, I would love to come into your course and run a module. How many courses would you need to sell today to make it worth it for you to do a Zoom call? And he's, I'll do everything on the Zoom, but we could do a Zoom call if you sell a certain amount of courses. And I said, oh, if I sell 20 courses, I'll do the Zoom call. We sold 50. We did over $2,000 in sales that day. And, and it was like in a couple of hours. And he did a Zoom call. And he actually did four because everybody like times and stuff. And it was so popular. People were like, can you do more? So then I started asking my other friends from Clubhouse in the travel space. And now in my course, every week, we have a Zoom call with a trainer and on different topics. And we had a new module every week. And that all started from Fico Father Delvis on on Clubhouse in that room. So that's been organic. So that's my course. Then people 
started asking about like stuff I was using and what shampoo do you use? What suitcase do you have? So I became an Amazon affiliate. Now I do the shoppable videos and all of that. So that's a big chunk of my income now. I do affiliate links with the credit cards and I now have free resources for that. So that has become a good chunk of money. And I was a travel agent and I wasn't really booking a ton of travel but I was getting asked a lot. How do you become a travel agent? How do you do this? How do you do that? So I ended up building out an agency. I now have almost 40 agents that are booking travel. So I make a cut of everything that they do. I've got five group trips in 2025. We're doing Thailand, Dubai, Bali, Italy, and Paris, mommy and me Paris. Bring your mom, because I'm bringing mine. My mom loves Paris. I do that. Obviously, speaking gigs. Honestly, I've tried a lot. I think what's so important when people decide they want to start a business is being open for your journey to look different than what you planned. I thought I was going to become a millionaire from YouTube. And although I now have a monetized YouTube channel, YouTube pays me the least amount of money out of any of my streams of income and it's the most amount of work it's being open and listening to your audience of what they want i also do one-on-one coaching but letting people tell you gosh we wish you had this i came out with a second course because people were like we want to know about this and that it's been it's been a journey and an evolution along the way i've added different streams of income and you're still living in hotels to this day right you're still jumping around the world and mostly living in marriott's Still living in hotels, still mostly living in Marriott's. I do not have a home base. A lot of people want to know, do you have a house? Do you have an apartment? I do not. And then people say, oh, you live with your parents. I spend very little time in the United States, but I spent 14 months out of the country for one span because for tax purposes, it's actually beneficial for me the way that I have my business set up to spend the majority of the time out of the country. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think it's so inspirational because... I think you're living the dream life of a lot of people. So if somebody's in the situation that you were in in the beginning of 2021, mid 2020, where they're like, I really want to build out an internet business. I love travel hacking. I love traveling. I want to build out something around this. Do they just wait for another clubhouse to happen? Or what would be your best piece of advice for somebody who's like, I want to spend my life living in hotels. I want to do what you do. How do they get it started if they are on the ramen diet like real hard right now? I truly believe if you build it, they will come. I think that you need to look at what you love doing. If you won the lottery tomorrow and you financially no longer needed to go to your nine to five job, what would you do? Would you continue to do what you're currently doing or would your life look a lot different? It was always a dream of mine to go on an around the world trip. I just thought I had to be a millionaire to be able to do it. And when I hit adversity and I made a decision to do something, the universe conspired to help me to make it happen. And I know this is a little woo for some people, but I truly believe when you make a decision and when you have that feeling and that gut, you need to listen to it. But when you make a true decision and you truly believe in what you're doing, the right people, the right resources, the right everything is going to come your way at the right time. But you have to be open to God, faith, the universe, whatever you want to call it, to do your thing. It's not easy. This is the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. But I am truly living the life of my dreams. And 
my life looks a lot different than it did in LA. Like I was super materialistic. I, you know, lived in a, an apartment where all my furniture matched. I, I used to always joke. I drove two little two-door Mercedes. I had a dog that was vegan and gluten-free and all this stuff. And she went to daycare while I was at work. Like stupid stuff I spent money on, right? And so I live on $30,000 a year now. My expenses are just under $30,000 a year. I spend on average about $500 a week. At most $50 a night in a hotel. The hotel I'm in right now, I'm spending 40 bucks a night with tax and I'm in Cancun. But the point being is you have to make the decision. And I know like for a lot of people, they're like, but no, you have to decide and then things will work out because I've had so many adversities and things happen where the math wasn't math, right? But I just was like, I really want to do this. And it could be something stupid like a redemption. I really wanted to fly Jal first class. And I am on this other adventure of the executive platinum status hitting executive platinum status without flying, right? I'm so close, but it's been a journey. And I have all these American miles. And so I had to book it through American. And the deal with America, because I was in Thailand, the deal's out of Bangkok. You really need to fly out of Bangkok to make it work. And airlines that had the best seats in first class were not in California, like the availability. It was a mess. But I said, no, I want to do this. And I was in Phuket and I was like, I really don't want to go up to Bangkok. I really want to fly out of Phuket. And I kept on like just saying it and visualizing it. And two days before I went, it just popped up. So I actually changed my flight <laughs> and I went and I know that people are like, oh, but, but I truly believe I manifested it. And so I have so many examples of things where I'm like, this needs to happen. You have to make a decision. And for most people, fear is what stops you from doing what you're truly meant to do and looking at how can I monetize my life? How can I monetize my passions? is the most important thing. I can get behind some of that because I think I have an entire solo episode where I just kept repeating, you have to make a decision and you have to make it work. And you also do have to be proactive about what it is you're trying to do. If you're just like reacting to stimuli on the internet, it's very hard to build the life that you actually want. But if you're like, I wanna live in hotels, I want to build a business on the internet, wanna network with certain people, you won't always be able to just manifest award availability, but you can long-term make moves in the direction towards the life that you want to live. Even if it is just feeling like you're chipping at it slowly. I do believe that if you can make a decision and you do what you can to make it work and there are going to be setbacks and you're not going to be able to do it overnight, but things do work out that way. And I think too, understanding what the end game is, what goal are you running for? At the beginning, it was like, how many nights do I need to stay before I can get a free night at this hotel? It's as simple as that. Like, how many nights is it going to take me to get X amount of points? And making sure that you're maximizing everything. So something as simple as booking a hotel room, a lot of people just book the hotel room and they don't even think about it. So it's okay. I'm booking the hotel room. What form of payment am I using to pay? Am I getting the most amount of points possible for the payment of the hotel room? Then it's, have I joined the loyalty program? And are there other currencies that I can earn from the loyalty program? Like right now, I don't need Marriott points, but I would like a few extra American airline miles. So I actually am gonna earn American airline miles 
from Marriott for the rest of the year because I would rather have that than the Marriott points. So having that plan, have you checked for promotions? Are you opted into whatever promotions are going on? Are you earning the American Airlines miles through Marriott hotels just through Rocket Miles or how are you doing that? No, through Marriott.com. For instance, for Asheville, it was 40,000 points a night to book when I originally looked at it on points, but I was able to book it at a decent rate on a travel agent rate. So I actually opted to pay cash for that, but I'm booking on Marriott.com through a travel agent rate. The rate changed like three times. So I've rebooked that reservation like three or four times because that's the other thing. Don't set it and forget it. Book what you need to book, but check back because especially the week of, I notice a lot of times if a, a hotel's not at full occupancy, the prices will drop. And it came down like almost a hundred bucks a night or something like that this past week. So I'm saving like 300 something bucks by just rebooking the exact same room. And the cool thing about the travel agent rates and the friends and family rates is that you still earn points and you still earn elite night credits. It's just a discounted rate. That's something new. But another thing is the promotions. If you can get on a roll with opting in and registering for the promotions, especially with Marriott, I was earning over 100,000 Marriott Bonvoy points at the La Meridian in Cal Lock. I was sitting at the La Meridian in Cal Lock, Thailand for four months. And I was paying 48 bucks a night cash. That's public rate, wasn't a travel agent rate. They were running two promotions at the same time. So I registered for both of them. And so I was earning over 100,000 points a month for multiple months. So that was the first time in my life I had a half a million Marriott Bonvoy points from a $48 a night hotel. Like it was insane, but that's just taking advantage. Like everybody was like, oh, you should move to this hotel or that hotel or come up to this place or that. I said, I got a good thing going here in Cal Lock. Like it's a little sleepy here, but I'm getting my points about to go to the Maldives. Like, so understanding what the end game is. And then looking at the portals, are you getting cash back? I've seen Marriott 4% cash back sometimes on Rakuten. So really maximizing stacking all the different things you can do and being curious. A lot of stuff you can learn, especially if you're at a beginner level, YouTube, Google, all of it, follow people on Instagram and the points and miles community and see what they're doing, see what's working with them. How are they paying? What cards are they talking about? But do your own research. Don't just do something because somebody told you. Does it make sense for you? Because if I listened to what everybody else was doing, my strategy would be so different. I love that. So with everything that you've learned from living in hotels, finding these great deals, building a business from literally the ground up, like ground zero, maybe a small ditch, building it up from there. What would you say is your number one piece of travel hacking advice for everybody listening today that we can fit on an Instagram quote card? Well, this isn't like travel hacking. So I might give you two answers because my first thing that I think has been so powerful is the social engineering of being personable and friendly and nice and curious. We're going to Asheville for travel more next week. I rent my clothes from Rent the Runway. So I needed to call the hotel to get the address or to confirm the address so I can send my Rent the Runway there. So I have clothes to wear for the weekend. I ended up, got to answer the phone to the assistant manager. I know this guy is from Northern California. His aunt works at the Ritz-Carlton. He's been working in hospitality for 10 years. All of this came on the phone. I'm gonna come to my presentation. I was like, come to the presentation Saturday at four. But the point being is, this guy now, I have a guaranteed late checkout already. He's got me on an upgrade list to go to a suite. But the point being is, 
all I did was call the for the drugs and I was curious and I was friendly and I wasn't like, I, I just was patient. Listen, most people who are traveling, they care less about the personal lives of the people working at the hotel. But because especially that I'm at these hotels for so long, I ask questions. How's your day? How's your weekend? How's your day off? Those little questions make a huge difference. Now, all of a sudden, maybe you aren't getting charged for your meal. Maybe you order three drinks at the pool and you only get charged for one. Maybe they give you a double in your cocktail. I don't know. But I've gotten a lot of really cool things for just being nice. So that is the first thing is be nice and curious and talk to people like they're human and not like they're waiting on you or whatever. Because I've just seen such rude people when I was traveling. But I think when it comes to travel hacking, I think the most important thing is to understand what the end game is. I think that there is no best credit card. I think that there is no best program. And I think that what we need to realize is what do I want to get out of this experience? So if I want to go to the Maldives and I know I want to stay at the Hyatt, I'm not going to get an American Express card. It's not to say that American Express isn't good because I'm going to be looking at Chase, right? But I think what I see so often, especially with beginners, is their friend or a YouTuber or whoever told them that this is the best credit card ever because it pays a high commission and they go and get that card and they hit the sign up bonus and they feel like they have all these points, but they have the wrong points and it's not going to work for what they want to do. And so in points and miles, especially when you don't have a lot to work with, you need to work backwards. You need to make sure that you're earning in the right currency. And I'm a big believer. A lot of people, it seems like to me, when they get their first credit card, they say, I really like Delta. I'm going to get a Delta Amex Gold. Delta is probably my favorite airline. And I do not have a Delta credit card because I do not want to earn Delta Sky Miles. I think that when you're getting your first card, don't lock yourself into one program. Get a credit card that has multiple transfer partners because the more options that you have, the better chance you have of getting the best deal. But also make sure that the transfer partners that are the options are ones that you can use. Most people in their mind have a dream trip. Realistically, where do you want to stay? Realistically, who do you think you're going to fly there? And make sure that's going to work. Get that credit card. After you get a really good everyday card that's going to get you those first set of points, then you can start looking at a travel perks card, get you into the lounges, get you reimbursements for things like global entry and incidentals on your flight. And then after that, you can start looking at the co-branded cards. If you really didn't like Marriott, then go get the Marriott card. But I see people doing things backwards and then they get frustrated because they have so many points they can do nothing with. So that's my biggest piece of advice, work backwards. Love that. That's one of my favorite pieces of advice too. And speaking of great advice, can you give a shout out to somebody else on the internet who you would recommend listeners follow for even more points and miles tips? I love this. Oh my gosh, there's so many good people. I would say one of my favorite folks in the points and miles game is Marty Paz. He actually is known for renting, I think it was like 50 rental cars a week. And he earns, I believe, 3 million United Airlines miles from renting cars. So I learned a lot from him. He actually pops in a clubhouse sometimes. And I've actually been following him on Facebook 
recently even more because he actually lives in Israel. He's from Las Vegas, but he's living in Israel right now with his wife and his daughter. And with everything that's going on right now, it's devastating to watch. Send him love. And he's definitely somebody to follow. He's very humble, but is brilliant when it comes to all things points and miles. And he's been around for a while and I think he's very well respected. Amazing. And where can we find you on the internet as well? Yeah. Check me out on Instagram. I'm in search of traveler across social media. And if you guys are looking for free travel fun every Saturday, we have what we call marathon Saturday on the clubhouse app, starting at 9am Pacific standard time with our travel hacking for beginners. Then we go into a digital nomad life and a content creator room after that. Thank you, Ashley, so much for coming onto the show today. We learned so much about living in Marriott's, how to build this business if literally you have no money and you're like, I'm going to run out of money in six months, how to just make it happen and make a decision and make it work. And I love that for you. Congratulations on all of your success. And thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. If any of the cards mentioned in today's episode piqued your interest, please check out the links in the show notes for more information on any of the cards. Also, if you apply for a card using the links on that page, I may receive a commission too, so please and thank you. P.S. I hear the links work better in Internet Explorer or Safari, and sometimes the credit card applications tend to glitch out in Chrome. Additionally, it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and share it with a friend. And if you would like to make even more travel hacking friends, please sign up for the Patreon to access our monthly masterclass hangouts. We dive deep into a particular points program each month, and you'll get to ask all of your travel hacking questions and enjoy being around other people who enjoy points and miles just as much as you and I do. If you would like an invite to the next one, head over to geobreezetravel.com hangouts to sign up to be on the invite list. Take care and happy travels.